Welcome, everybody, once again to the Collar and Elbow Wrestling Podcast. I am Kenny Oak, joined with, as always, by the one and only, my second half, Chris Harris. Chris, how are you doing today? Now, you really connected to me there on a personal level, your second half. <laughs> I tried to. A little too yes. far? Uh, I believe it, though. On that description? I believe it in my heart. Okay. We are, we are in love with each other. In a wrestling yes. form, so yes, I'm, I'm right. good though, I'm, Very kayfabe. I am well. Yes, this is part <laughs> of our storyline. So. Yes. Anyway, today we have a pretty big show. Today, pretty excited about it. We're uh, going to start off getting into talking a little bit of G1, uh, talking about the climax going on over in uh, New Japan, and we're also going to we're continuing the road to SummerSlam. Still a lot to talk about. Some some matches have been added. Uh, some rivalries are starting to heat up, and we'll definitely hop into that and talking extensively about who could possibly be the best wrestler, best character in the WWE right now, I'll say, and that's Braun Strowman. But first, let's uh, let's go ahead and hop into this uh, G1, what's been going on over in Japan. A lot of good stuff. Yeah, good good, uh, good event going on here. It's been going on for about three and a half weeks now, I think. I think we're on to four. Or something like that and it's been real exciting some really good matches as expected a lot of good talent as expected of course the entire new japan roster obviously but we're down to the finals now and it's looking pretty good yeah absolutely uh we've had some really stellar matches going on throughout the entire g1 uh semifinals had probably what was the most anticipated match in you know g1 history and definitely one of the biggest matches that you know really we've been waiting for since they fought previously to a 60-minute draw, and that was match number three between Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega. Yeah, exactly. We haven't seen them go face-to-face since Dominion, and that match, as well as Wrestle Kingdom, were both amazing. So this is very highly anticipated. This These matches have time limits to them, so they were a little restricted but the match was once again it was good you can't say it wasn't bubs i mean they they were restricted as far as time goes but just the chemistry between these two it's almost you can you can go in history and try to find two people that that have had as much chemistry than these two in the ring and you'd be hard-pressed to find it because when these two get together it's gold yeah every match they put on so far has i mean it's been amazing and we're going to continue to see this because we've both agreed that we don't see Kenny Omega leaving. Okada's not going to go anywhere. These two are going to continue to be the top of the card for New Japan for years to come. So this is going to be at the end of the day, I think, arguably. But the match work that they put on, they're going to be the best in-ring rivalry of all time in pro wrestling when they're done. Ooh, so, so you think all time. So when, you know, like our last episode, we talked about the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. So if we did kind of like a Mount Rushmore of rivalries, mm. like in-ring work together, you think these two would make that list? I do. I, I think at the end of the day, they're going to be better than Steamboat and Flair. They're going to be better than Rock and Austin. There's a bunch we could name at this point, and that's something we could definitely talk about in the future. But Shawn just, Michaels and Bret Hart? Sure. So... The uh, these two have a potential to do so many more matches, and they've already started off doing multiple Dave Meltzer-like five-star-plus matches. So it's hard to say that they don't have the potential, at least, to do it. Now, there were a couple of things with this match that I wasn't all that into. 
Uh, one was just kind of just Omega just kind of felt a little more. Uh, I've been calling it spastic and and flaily this this past match, like almost mm-hmm. like he didn't have control of his body in a way. Yeah, he does look. He's different in the ring. Everyone has their own style, but he is a spastic's a good word. Not to say he's completely out of control, but no. the, the way he sells, the way he does things when he leads up to his knee strikes and things, they're unique and a little bit peculiar. But um, I think it works as far as the storytelling for sure. And this match had this match was filled with some really good storytelling. One, it's the story of can Omega actually beat Okada mm-hmm. you know he's he's tried twice in two 60 minute matches basically one in actual 60 minute time limit draw and then their match at Wrestle Kingdom uh, was close to 60 minutes so they've been in the ring for almost you know two full hours. hours with yeah. each other yeah and you know could, could he actually beat Okada and you know the big story with the first two matches is Omega just could not hit the one-winged angel. Every time he tried to hit it there, Okada had some kind of counter against it, and you could just tell it was very frustrating, and then Okada would hit the Rainmaker, and, you know, that would be it. Mm-hmm. But in this match, you know, he finally hits the one-winged angel and finishes it. And a great way, I think, like booking-wise, to get Omega a win over Okada so it proves that he can do it. But to not put the title on the line and have it be here at G1, it's very good. Uh, sets up a lot of potential as we move forward, probably to Wrestle Kingdom next year, to see where this finally culminates and maybe Omega can actually get the title. But I like Omega winning there and moving on to the finals, though we both agree he's not going to win and do back-to-back like he did. He won last year. No, I definitely don't think he's going to win back-to-back. I mean, if he does, then that shows a lot of faith that New Japan has in Omega, but Naito is, he could possibly be the biggest star in Japan, period. He's so good, and he's won G1 before. He won, I think, three years ago or two years ago. I'll look to confirm that, but he's won this before, so somebody's winning for the second time here regardless. So it's going to be, he's so good in the ring, too. It's hard to argue. I wouldn't care if he won at all, but he's so good. He's 100% just like you said so good in the ring but his character work has been stellar mm-hmm. throughout the year uh when he was uh icy champ and just you know throwing the belt down almost as if it didn't mean anything like exactly. trying to break it uh you know he's he's kind of been doing you know his best jericho work where you know he's just he's getting anything he wants to get over he's been getting it over yeah that's how so I do think, it, oh, exactly, and I think he'll. I think they're looking towards him for maybe another uh, world title run. It wouldn't be bad because it sets up great potential matches with him versus Omega, Omega and, o- and Okada again, Naito and Okada. So I don't care at this point. The the way that the storytelling has been in all of the matches, at least this year particularly, it doesn't matter who wins because we're going to see great shit going forward. Yeah, and that's the that's kind of what's been the kind of catalyst to the success that New Japan has had over this last year, uh, two years really, uh, where they've seen this exponential growth, especially in uh, North America. It's just because of the stellar ring work 
that these guys are putting on, it seems that everybody on that roster is able to put on three and a half to five star matches, mm-hmm. uh, six stars actually. Yeah. And uh, as much as we say that right now WWE has the most stacked roster of wrestlers that it's ever had, uh, New Japan probably has one of the greatest in-ring uh, products of any promotion possibly of all time right now. Considering the matchwork alone and all the, and not talking about Okada and Omega, like the other guys, like, like yes. bad luck Fale, man, give the dude a push. Oh right? because... God. Yes. That was, I, I wanted to talk about that, that mm-hmm. his match, uh, with Nagata. Right. From uh, today. Being, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was either today or yesterday being right. Nagata's last, uh, match at mm-hmm. G1 and just the the saluted you know Fale, nice, man. Oh, it was it was such a touching moment because mm-hmm. you know Fale is someone who grew up inside of New Japan. He went to the New Japan Dojo. That's how he got his training. That's how he got a start. And just to see him, who, who's supposed to be this heel part of this heel group, and just show sure. the respect mm-hmm. to Nagata that he deserves, and letting him have the moment was just a really great, great piece of piece of work for Fale. That was a great moment. The crowd was, of course, super into it. He got emotional when he kneeled down, and they left the ring to him, as they should have, and shit like that is so good to see, and it gives you a a perspective on wrestling that people divide, they put their whole life into wrestling, right? Like Nagata has, and for him to get the respect earned, rightfully, but he got to kind of have a a nice send-off at the end of something like this. It's really cool to see. Right, it's kind of like the uh, a Ric Flair moment, right? Where, in similar you know, ways. Yeah, I mean, Nagata is going to continue uh, wrestling. He's just not going to be participating in the mm-hmm. G One anymore. But you know, it, it's good to give those guys that kind of moment. You know, they're allowed to have you know that kind of send off for an event that they've you know really they've they've worked on for so long. It's been such a part of their their life you know they deserve that kind of legends deserve that kind of send-off and a quick google search just told me this was his 19th g1 tournament so, out of like 20 so so like that. yeah so most is the answer he's been in yes damn near all of these so that's that's a ridiculous amount and the amount of respect he has from the entire locker room i'm sure is just outstanding similar to how flair or older guys like the undertaker would have had in the locker room so great moment right. to see, regardless. And New Japan's not a if us as North Americans. If we watch New Japan, it's not going to be you know as uh, dramatized as the WWE is. Mm-hmm. You don't. You're not watching it for these intricate storylines and you know this person sleeping with this person's you know. Yeah wife or something you know something like you would silly that you would see in wwe you just see pure wrestling and you and me being uh just connoisseurs of in-ring work mm-hmm. you know we, we have such a passion for not just you know wrestling in general but just the in-ring you know work of these guys is what we truly appreciate right the extent of and new japan in... go ahead uh new japan it, it just gives you that gives us what we want in wrestling. Mm-hmm. The most storyline telling that you get is just typical face and heel type of shit. 
and there's it's nothing intricate it's nothing super elaborate or complex that you have to like pay attention to all the time but it's good enough to make you pay attention to the match work and then that tells the story all by itself so it's a definitely a different breed but if you like wrestling if you like storytelling and everything that goes into that between the ropes i mean it's got to be your product man it's not the wwe exactly and today i was watching uh the okada omega match in my office and I had a buddy of mine, he walked by, looked at my computer, he's like, oh, look at the fake wrestling. And then he just stopped and started watching, and he was just like, he, he didn't move yeah. for like 10 to 15 minutes, just stood there watching. Oh, oh, that, that looks bad. Like, they would pull off the, like, when Omega hit the one-winged angel, he was like, oh, wow, that was awesome. And was it like, was I know, awesome. This, <laughs> is, this is good stuff. Oh, God. But a lot, very excited about the direction that new japan is going and very excited to see just how it continues to grow here in the next few years exactly hopefully wrestle kingdom and bigger shows similar to like dominion they keep selling out and becoming capacity and growing more and more and hopefully their stuff here in the states gets just as big or bigger and starts to have a worldwide expansion because i mean the talent is there to support it so i hope they can be successful in that yeah, I definitely hope to see them, you know, in Dallas at the Double uh, AC or at. Well, it won't be. Can't expect them at Cowboy Stadium, but definitely the. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could fill out basketball uh, arenas, though. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they'll fill in the Double AC for sure. Yeah. But right. you know, on to uh, some of our other topics that we're very excited to get into, and you know, as fun as these this G1 has been i think what what has probably been the most entertaining uh, part of wrestling this year and has been braun strowman yes and i the would monster agree, among men i would agree with you and his rivalry with roman reigns has been just oh, epic so, stuff man and it's been going on for a minute now so it's yeah it's they've good. been yeah they've been rivals for for a while and it's just been gold. It's been quality TV. I mean, anytime Braun is on the TV, I am stopping and I am watching. Not just because of the presence that he has physically, which is one hell of a presence, by the way. Mm-hmm. But he he understands his character and how his character works. And he knows exactly what to do to kind of get his angle over. And the amount that he has improved since he first came in as a Wyatt years ago now, it's tremendous. And he's still improving in the ring. He still does, I wouldn't call him rookie mistakes, but he's not as seasoned in the ring, and sometimes you can see it. But the dude is just such a draw, man. And I do put part of it on Roman. There's a great move for them to put him in a a rivalry with someone like him to get him over. Because whether anyone likes it or not, Roman is over in a good way or a bad way. He is. So... Braun has capitalized on that and become tremendously huge. Yeah, no matter what, Braun gets a reaction. Not Braun, Roman. Roman. Excuse me. Roman gets a reaction. Anytime his music hits, I can hear the women screaming and the men booing. Mm -hmm. Because one, all of us want to be Roman. I know know as a guy, I want to be Roman. And then all the ladies want Roman. The old John Cena reaction. Exactly. And so he gets a reaction, period, which is what the WWE wants. And so when you put someone that 
yes, he's so he has that John Cena effect where you know there is a large group of people who do boo him, and the WWE understands that, and I think that's why they put Braun Strowman in that position against Roman because the the kids that and the women that idolize Roman Reigns are going to absolutely despise Braun Strowman mm-hmm. as a true heel, while the the you know Smarks and Marks and the fan uh, fans in the crowd who can't stand Roman are going to get what they want by Braun just absolutely demolishing him. Right, which starts up the thank you Strowman chant whenever he demolishes Reigns in one way or another to include launching office chairs at him. So it, it has worked for both of them. They've both, I think, moved up a notch, both on the roster and, and for, I mean, appeal-wise. So it's, it's been great so far. I want to talk about that last man standing match <laughs> from Raw. Oh my god, that was such a good match. And me having it, I have to watch it a day behind here in Afghanistan. So you sending me the some of the play-by-play was hilarious. Like at one point you said he threw, he just threw an office chair like a football. <laughs> he did. And I was like, what are you talking what about? That and mean, I watched right? it and I was like, oh my god, he just killed Roman. He did. And Roman sold that perfectly. Like he took that chair to the face. That's right. And just laid there like, yep, that just happened. And this whole build-up, including part of that match, this whole build-up to SummerSlam with with Samoa Joe and Brock has become very much more intriguing than I thought it would be when they initially started it. And part of it is the personal rivalries between specifically Strowman and Reigns, but now Lesnar and Joe are going at it at live shows, and Brock is winning, of course, to retain the title. But I'm now much more intrigued and ready for the main event of SummerSlam. Absolutely, and having... Joe in that match against Braun at the last pay-per-view at Battleground, I believe it was, or no, not Battleground. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar to me was a much better match than what, one, what people thought it would be, and two, what people probably think it was. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that think, oh, Brock buried Joe. We talked about this in the uh, last episode. I think they played that match perfectly joe came out super aggressive beat the pants off of brock and but brock caught him slipping and hit him with an f5 to get the quick pin mm-hmm. you know it, it wasn't that joe was getting buried it was that one they're keeping the f5 strong mm-hmm. so that way when someone does kick out of it it's going to be huge and two you're making joe look strong by beating brock and brock having to like hit a desperation f5 to get the pin and then he like bolts out of the ring he wanted nothing more to do with Joe. And so now you have these these four individuals that, well, three, if you leave Brock out, these three guys, Joe, Braun, and Roman, that can all, they all feel like they can win. Roman feels like he can win just because it's Roman and the way that he's, he's been booked so strong that you, you know he has a strong chance to win. Right. Braun, who is just an absolute monster among men, and the way he's been booked, you could definitely see him winning just for being by being Braun. And Joe, you could see winning just because he's, he's smart and savvy. The way he won that number one contender's fatal five-way, I believe it was, right. by, you know, after Finn hit the coup de grace 
he just comes running in and snatches him up with the coquina clutch to, you know, get the win. He, he's smart and savvy, so, like, all four of these guys have a chance to win. So, honestly, I don't, I don't know where they're going to go. Right, and especially on, on Joe's side, he has, I mean, probably the equivalent of Brock, but he has so many more years of experience and big high-profile matches than Roman and Strowman do, so you could say he's got a, a better chance to win there. But any way they go here is going to be good, even if Brock retains, which I don't think is likely still at this point, but it is possible. There's, there's just so much intrigue going into a match like this, and it's not too often now that we get to see fatal four ways or five ways or triple threats usually at major pay-per-views and we're going to get one at SummerSlam and Braun Strowman has finally found his way onto the top of the card and it's great to see do you, do you think they pull the trigger right now on Braun or is it still a little ways out I'm not putting my money on Braun for this one yet but okay. if anything if I was a betting man I, I still say Brock Lesnar but I'd love to see Roman get it here, and then that rivalry with Roman then trans over, transverse over to Samoa Joe, and those two go back and forth and leading up to Survivor Series. See, I think I don't think Roman wins it right now, just by the way they've been booking Roman over the last year. He he's gotten you know he he's gotten some big wins, but uh, when it comes to title matches, he's you know, he's come close, but he just hasn't been able to right. seal the deal, and I think they'll keep playing that up. Uh, I say my dark horse is is definitely Samoa Joe. They've been booking him to the moon. Uh, he is probably the top star on on in the main event scene, other than Brock Lesnar. And just the way that they've booked him lately, I think he might have the best chance to take the belt off of Brock, but I still think Brock wins. Okay, yeah, because the, the stipulation still sits that he that he leaves if he loses the title, right? And that's all leading into intrigue yeah. of UFC and him going for the light heavyweight championship and all kinds of shit. So, well, he, yeah, he wouldn't be. He, there was no, there's no way he would make the light heavyweight no. weight limit. But to say John Jones would actually John Jones would actually be coming up to fight him at heavyweight for a huge, right. which would be a huge super fight. And you know, there's talk about John Jones being at SummerSlam right. uh, for a possible confrontation, which make, leads me to believe that Brock Lesnar wins, so that way it continues to build intrigue for both the UFC and WWE, since they mm -hmm. they have been having a pretty solid work relationship with each other. Exactly, and there's talk of doing the Four Horsemen of WWE versus the Four Horsewomen of, I meant to say Horsewomen, of UFC and WWE against each other. So that working relationship is going to play a lot into this match coming up at SummerSlam, but also going forward, if there's going to be a lot of back-and-forth play and appearances by people under contract. So, I mean, it's smart business by Vince. He, he knows how to make money, and it's intriguing. So, But we'll see where it goes. It's, it's intriguing nonetheless. Yeah, as of right now, I'll go ahead and stick with Brock until I see what happens these next couple of Raws, but for now, I'm sticking with Brock. That's good stuff, which can move us into, I'd like to talk a little gender versus Shinsuke real quick and okay. see what your play is with that. And if you see any type of appearance by Baron Corbin with his briefcase in that match or after it. See, I think you and I are on the same wavelength on this one just by how we've both talked about this match coming up. 
I absolutely love the fact that they're putting Shinsuke in this uh, spotlight. You know, he gets a clean win over John Cena. No shenanigans, no mm-hmm. outside interference, no, you know, dusty finish or anything like that. He gets a clean in the middle of the ring win over John Cena on a SmackDown. Right. Not even on a pay-per-view, but on a SmackDown. So right now they have Shinsuke, you know, in at the, at the top of SmackDown. I 100% believe that Shinsuke is going to win at SummerSlam against Gender, and then have the Singh brothers and possibly Kali, I don't know, there to beat him up afterwards, and then that's when Corbin cashes in. So you're going with a cash in. At the end of SummerSlam, it's going to be Baron Corbin, the WWE champion. I'm okay. So here's kind of the curveball. Corbin cashes in. I don't see him walking out with the title. So he'll be the second person to ever cash in and not win. I feel that they think they pulled the trigger a little too quick on Corbin. Okay. And that he'll get hit with a Kinshasa and gets pinned one, two, three. Shinsuke wins twice. Mm. SummerSlam night. I love if that would actually happen because I think it is a little too soon for Corbin, but I think he has good potential. He could definitely be up He does, absolutely, 100%. But uh, I've I've been a Shinsuke guy since he showed up at NXT. I think – he might not be a long-term, you know, multi-time champion in WWE during the rest of his stay here, but he's going to need to be at the top, and you need to validate him a little bit. So let him win here, and if that's the case, let him beat Corbin. I'd be all about that. But I think Corbin shows up in one one form or another and does cash in, and he could win or not win, of course, but I think that briefcase is being handed off to a referee at SummerSlam. Yeah, I think it's too too perfect of a situation to not have that and you know i've been a shinsuke guy for for years since before he came over to wwe i would shoot you texas i was watching new japan like oh you have to see the shinsuke guy shinsuke and okada were my two guys uh, and so i i was worried about how they would book him when he came to wwe and right. you know they've they've they see him as a top star and I think just the best way to solidify that he is this, you know, this top draw, this, you know, king of strong style, uh, the, the man that you're paying so much money uh, to bring in, the best way to kind of book him in this situation is to, one, I think 100% he's beating Jinder Mahal, without a doubt. I don't think either of us doubt that. No. But if he can beat Corbin during a cash-in, I mean, that solidifies him as, you know, that's Cena that's, level yeah, right there. Because Cena's stuff, the only right? other person who, yeah, Cena's the only other person who's beaten someone on a cash-in. So the only X factor we have to look out for is the stupid Singh brother interference, which has been rampant in every match the gender has had. Hey, yes. And if they do another Kali appearance, of course, that may have some type of an effect, but... I think that they have a good opportunity here to let Shinsuke... It won't be clean. Uh, I mean, the Singh brothers are going to be fucking shit up, but I think Nakamura should beat Jinder. I don't want him to get pinned by Jinder Mahal. I don't like it. 
But but uh, how do you think though? The Singh brothers come in, beat down Shinsuke, gets the win. You know, Jinder Mahal wins, beats Shinsuke Nakamura. Do you think that that would just give Jinder? You know, would he then have nuclear heat, or mm. would then it just turn straight into X Pac heat? <laughs> I, think I mean, the, that's I, a valid question. No, I know. I think that the heat, regardless for gender, is going to keep increasing the more that he does dirty shit and the more the Singh brothers are involved. So if gender would be – if if he were the effect that caused Nakamura to lose the title minutes after winning it, that would just add to the gender Mahal nonsense. And he's going to stay the top heel on the brand. So he's going to stay right there at the top of the focus in everyone's eyes. So it's up there in the nuclear level if they're going to do it like that. And it wouldn't be bad. So, are you saying or thinking that, you know, after, let's say Shinsuke wins, you know, does gender like snap and that leads to the beatdown of Shinsuke? Which then leads to a cash in? Yeah, I think that's much more likely than the, I guess, Cena style win for Nakamura in two different matches. <laughs> True. I think that the Singh brothers and gender would be maybe in cahoots in some way. They could play a storyline up with Corbin in that aspect and put them together, not as a tag team, but just working the storyline and they beat down Nakamura and let Corbin just walk in the ring, basically, a la Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton. So I think that's more likely than Nakamura getting beaten down and then standing up and hitting one protected Kinshasa for the win. It's just that the reason it fits so perfectly that Corbin cashes in and that we all believe that Corbin's going to cash in is because it would be Shinsuke winning and Shinsuke has really been his only rival yeah. on Smackdown. Like his only real rival. Uh, his only other rivalry that he had was what? With Kalisto? He did a little Kalisto stuff. He did a little bit of Dean Ambrose, a little bit of Ziggler. But yeah, but his only true rival has been that he's had multiple matches, pay-per-view matches with has been Shinsuke. So it just it fits so perfectly. I'm I'm excited to watch it though. I like Jinder. You know, I like him at the top of the card, but here's a good time for I him to lose do. the title. Let, let let Nakamura win it and we'll see what can transition from there. So it, it's intriguing. I'm I'm gonna watch the shit out of it. Yeah, you know, they gave Ginger gave Ginger his run. I think it is time to kinda take mm-hmm. the belt off. Uh, I think both world championships uh, could be changing hands because in that fatal four way you know, it's the perfect opportunity to take the title off of Brock without Brock getting pinned, losing mm-hmm. any kind of aura, anything like that. Yeah. And then Shinsuke winning is almost, to me, a foregone conclusion. So we'll see here in a couple weeks. It's, I think, it's what, a Sunday away from us now. Is it next week? Is it next week? Oh, I think man. It is. No, I think. So, okay. Well, it's coming up quick. Real bubs. quick here. Yeah. Might have to uh, do on, another. It's August twentieth. It is seven days from tomorrow. Okay. So we got one more so, to go. One more SmackDown to go. So we. Will I see. think. Yep. So we'll have our. We should be doing our SmackDown preview then, sometime next week. Our full-on preview. I know mm-hmm. we've been previewing it for the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, but you know, have our actual preview and uh, predictions show yep, next week. Everything should be set in stone, and we'll talk about it then because right now the card's looking pretty full i think it sits at 11 right now as i have it pulled up that they have on the entire card to include uh, uh corbin Lex- cena 
Yep, Balor and Wyatt. Not, I don't care about that, unfortunately. Big Show and Cass with Enzo suspended in a shark, shark cage. cage. God. New Day versus the Usos. That could be good. Oh, Randy that's going to be so good. Orton and Rusev. We'll talk about that. Styles and Owens. That's been hot. And I just want, I want to care about Neville versus Tazawa, but I just can't. I only care about Neville because Neville has been... I don't think there's a person that's on the Neville level right now. He's been so no, good. There's his no character one deserves work to is, take the title off of him. That's for sure. No, absolutely not. Not on 205 Live. No. Uh, I think Neville is definitely above 205 Live. He should. They, they, they should take the title off of him and just put him on Raw, stick him uh, going out. Could you imagine him and The Miz going out? That could How be good, good would that be? You know, it would be a great way to kind of put Neville in that gray area. He could still work, be the heel, be a heel, but the crowd would eat it up if he was being a heel towards Miz. But that would take a lot of attention and focus away from 205 and that cruiserweight title because Neville has really held it together, so they can't do that. He's been the only redeeming quality of that 205 Live. Uh. And then we have Naomi versus Natalia. I don't know why Natalia's there. I said that last week. And Alexa oh, Bliss sure. will face either Sh- Sasha or Nia. We'll find out on uh, on Monday. I, I think it's going to be Sasha too because I don't think Nia is a realistic too early champion. To have, no, it, it's too early to have that Nia going up against Alexa thing because they've kind of been playing the Alexa ver- Alexa Nia coalition yeah. kind of thing. It's too early to kind of force. Naya against Alexa because mm-hmm. it kind of take the the heat off of you know what that could be. But so I mean it's a pretty stacked card. We see all the titles defended. At least well I don't know I don't think the SmackDown tag titles. No they are that's right the New Day's on here and the Usos. We don't see yes. the Raw tag titles on here quite Not yet. yet. But yeah. it's likely they'll be on here. So we see every title being defended. It should be a rather long card. It's supposed to be a four hour long pay per view. So I, I will need to have some caffeine ready, but for most of this stuff, I'm pretty excited. This Balor Bray Wyatt thing, I'm not. Corbin Cena, we talked a little bit about this one earlier before we started up the show. That I think we both want Corbin to win this one, right? Yeah, I, John Cena. See, it 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 would lend him more credibility, but I don't think it happens. But Cena's been on this losing kick at SummerSlam since he beat the Nexus. And it, it almost feels like he's getting a loss for each member of the Nexus that <laughs> that lost that night. So this, I believe, would be the last one that he would. Okay, so yeah, he to might finally complete that. He might owe it to Corbin to win here, but either way, I don't think it. Plays. I don't see it happening though. Me neither. I, I don't expect a good match either. But I mean, I've been proven wrong by John Cena many times, and I'd love to be proven wrong again. So. One thing I do, I think, think we should talk about real quick before we move on from the SummerSlam talk is the U.S. title scene here. Shane McMahon's going to be the referee. He says versus Ooh, yeah. uh, with Owens versus Styles here for the title. They've gone back and forth a few times. Are we seeing a title change here, Bubs? Back to Kevin Owens. No, I think AJ is going to retain. Uh, as of right now, I'll wait to see the final go home show. Uh, before see how that goes but with Shane as the special guest referee I believe this is going to continue the story uh, onward to what we're hearing is Kevin Owens going up against Shane McMahon Mm -hmm. Uh, that's going to be the next big 
match for Shane right. and the next big feud for KO. And so I think AJ will retain. It'll have something to do with the referee. It won't be a clean sure. match for sure. Uh, and I think it'll lead uh, more into that. What's that's what will lead into the Shane McMahon Kevin Owens. Right. There's been some talk about Shane getting back in the ring in some capacity. Looks like he's not for a match here at SummerSlam, but probably the Survivor Series. He'll probably be on one of those five-man teams that they always do, right? So that's an easy way to put him in the ring and let him do some stuff but not get killed. Like well, he, he almost got killed year, last right? year. So he, <laughs> yes. he nearly when died Roman, the Roman Reigns. Roman speared him out of the air and it crushed his diaphragm. Damn good spot, but he they both yeah, it didn't work out in the end. So, yeah, I also like Styles here. I like him. I mean, putting the U.S. title, a mid-card title, on the best professional wrestler, well, second best professional wrestler in the world, is a great thing. And Kevin Owens, I am hit or miss on him. I know you're you like KO. But, I mean... I, I like him. I'm not in love with him, though. Right. I not think, like I am with AJ. I am an AJ, mm-hmm. you know... And you know this for yeah. me. You know I love talking up AJ. Uh, what I thought was a pretty... And, and you're right. Having the title on who could possibly be the greatest wrestler in the world. Many people call him the best wrestler in the world. It, in my opinion, it's between him and Okada. Right. And you can easily give it to Okada. But having the strap on him and having the icy strap on the Miz, those two do a great job of bringing prestige to their respective titles. And that's exactly And we'll talk about that in our next little segment we're going to get into in a minute. And getting these mid-card titles on top-card guys gives them so much more attention, makes them seem so much more important, and lends so much credibility to a rivalry when there's, one, a title involved, but the guy who holds the title is AJ Styles, and the guy who previously held it is a Universal Champion. Now, that Universal Champion title to have isn't you know the best thing yet, because it really is still new and doesn't mean a whole lot, but Kevin Owens is still a top guy. So this rivalry has become pretty good so far. Yeah, it's it's been a very solid uh, rivalry between the two. The in-ring work has been solid. The mic work has been really good. And with Kevin Owens, you're going to get really good mic work. Uh, the guy knows how to play to the crowd. He knows how to be a true heel and get some real heel heat. And AJ is just – he's just so phenomenal. He can – he can work as a face. He can work as a heel. Uh, he's not the best on the mic. He's mm-hmm. he's decent on the mic. He's possible. Uh, he's above above average, I would say. Mm-hmm. He's definitely better than Corbin and right. guys like that. And though the crowd just eats him up, and you know he is the champ that runs the place, uh, champ that runs the camp, and the face that runs the place. Uh, so these two together has been very good. And so much better than what's been going on with the uh, IC title, in my opinion. Right. And that's our next topic here. We're going to talk about how the IC title has and has not maintained its, I guess, prestige. But also the way forward with both the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship. And how the, how we keep those titles looking strong. So since we're on the IC title, let's talk about that. But let's talk about The Miz and Dean Ambrose. I would love to talk The Miz and talk less about Dean Ambrose. Perfect. Uh, the Miz is uh, has been absolutely phenomenal the last couple of years. Uh, sorry, AJ. Sorry that I used that. Uh, but mm. 
no one I don't think anyone has been as good uh, on the mic doing pure character work over the last couple of years than The Miz. Uh, him and Braun, in my opinion, have been the two best characters going in all of wrestling, uh, in, in WWE at least. And anytime that title, the IC title, is on The Miz, it, it, it just feels bigger. It feels more important because he carries it in a way that you could tell it means the world to him. Exactly. And that IC title should have that feel of being the second most important title in wrestling because forever it has been right beside the WWE Championship for years. So, and it'll sound like we're both marks for The Miz. That's because we both are marks for The Miz. (laughs) We, We love the dude, especially over the last two years. He's been... He's been so good, and he's developed so much more. And we both see him moving up into the Universal and or WWE Championship picture within the next little while. But when it's on him, it looks important. When it's on Dean Ambrose, just like his WWE title run, it doesn't seem as important. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Uh, I don't really care for Dean Ambrose at all. I think his in-ring work has been... Average to below average. Uh, he has not been in a match that made me, you know, excited and be on the edge of my seat. Other than his uh, WWE Championship match against uh, Triple H before Triple H defended it no. against Roman Reigns. Roadblock. Yeah. Yeah, at Roadblock. That was the only time I have been on the edge of my seat for a Dean Ambrose match. Because he got a three count on the rope or under the rope for that. Yeah. I remember that. And so. Those were good times, yeah. But since then, it's been and when yeah when he was WWE champion, it Hated was it. a dumpster it. fire. Uh, the few, the couple times he's been IC champ has been a dumpster fire. It's like the IC title becomes this huge, you know, amazing title because uh, the Miz makes it that way, and then it gets put on Dean Ambrose. And both times it's been put on Dean Ambrose, it just feels just like the air is sucked out. Of yeah, the entire arena, and the title just it diminishes. And I'm not sure what it is about Ambrose because I'm I don't like him either. And when he he cashed in that night when was him Rollins and Reigns right? They were in a triple threat and they yeah, were all champion in the same night, right? And Ambrose yeah. cashed in his money in the bank. And sure, it was a good pop moment and it was exciting to see something like that happen. But his title reign was just garbage. And thank God his styles came along. But yes. And everyone on the internet is just like, oh, just let him be, you know, John Moxley, like he was Ugh, in the indies. Stop. He wasn't that good at that either. No, first he was in combat zone, right? Yes, easy. So that, that should tell you enough about the type of work that he's had previously coming into this before he went to Florida Championship. So that's not something to really jump back on. But, but yeah, I'm not about him in this this picture anymore. I I want put Rollins and Miz together. Let that go forward if you want that to work. And maybe do a little back and forth there, but eventually we know we need the Miz to move up, right? Because his championship reign oh, yeah. prior and his WrestleMania main event win over John Cena was a little too premature. But now it's time, man. Let him do it again. I I have a, an interesting question for you. Hmm. What if the Miz we have now was the Miz back? The Miz back in 2011, if he was the Miz that we have now, mm. how many world championships would he have around his waist to his name? 
Oh, man, if he was this good back then? Oh, yeah. Okay, then he stayed at the top of the card, then he's moved to, I don't know, a good guess of six or seven by this time. It's been six years, right? So Yeah. Yeah, so between, yeah, six, six to eight, easily. Because that's, and, and what I'm trying to do is, you know, paint this picture of just how good we think The Miz has been over these last couple of years. The Miz in 2011, 2010 was not <clears throat> as good. He was a he, heel, he but was, he was doo-doo. Yes, he was, a, he was decent on the mic. Uh, it was definitely his strong suit was the mic because his in-ring work wasn't that great. But now I would say he's about a B, B-plus in the ring, but an A-plus on the mic. Exactly, which moves him up into consideration to be a top guy on the card because you combine those two grades, even if we're doing it by grades, he's going to be an A- minus at, at the worst, right? So that, exactly. puts him, that puts him on the AJ Styles level. And or even the Cena level, if Cena's going to do full time work, so we're just waiting for it. But until honestly, until somebody comes along that can keep the IC title looking the way it has, and it might be Rollins, it might be time for that, and he could do it. But I don't want him to lose the title. I don't want him to move up no. until this IC here's title th- can stay looking that big. And, and here's the thing: if you want, they're they're trying so hard to build Rollins as a face, and now mm-hmm. after this last week, it you know kind of seeing hints of heel Rollins a bit yeah. when he walked out on Dean Ambrose. Uh, but if you really want to Rollins to work as a face, I think putting him in a feud with a heel, a true heel like The Miz, Best heel would, the card. Do wonders, would do absolute wonders for Rollins as a face. Mm-hmm. And, on, and, and if it's so, him beating him, then I think that's that's a good move. But uh, it can't be Ambrose. We gotta we gotta change that scene up, I think, and, and make it be Rollins or somebody just as good. Yeah, I'm definitely tired of seeing Ambrose. I'm t- I'm tired of seeing Ambrose on my TV screen. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seeing him in any kind of championship, he just doesn't work with championships. You know, just put him in regular feuds, and you know, call it a day because he just does not work as a champion. In my opinion. No, and honestly, and I hate saying this, but the best thing that they could do with him now is to move him down into some irrelevant feud with a Bray Wyatt and let them two just go back and forth because both of them are going to be stagnant, and they should be stagnant until it's time to move up, and it hasn't been time for either of them to be at the top of the card. So if that's what it takes, then whatever, but just not Ambrose. I don't need it. Uh, As much as we're hating, hating really on Ambrose... Uh, there's people that are clamoring so hard for a Shield reunion uh, yeah. between Ambrose Rollins, uh, Reigns, and really, I still think it's been it hasn't been long enough since they broke up to kind of put them back together. What are your thoughts on a on a Shield reunion? Me personally, I am not all that excited for it. Any either am I because I was never. I like the Shield. Yeah, they were there was some good stuff back then, but I was it wasn't really my cup of tea. I wasn't always looking forward to them. So to see it would be it'd be nice, sure, but in one way or another, at least two of these guys have been close to each other, albeit in feuds or working right next to each other since the brand split and since before the the brand split when they all went their separate ways. So there hasn't been enough distance put between any of them for me to be clamoring for them to come back together. 
and I'm I'm definitely not in the boat of clamoring for them for them to get back together. But I I was a I was a fan of the Shield. The work they were doing was really mm-hmm. good. Uh, I always liked people above them, uh, like Team Hell No. I was much more <laughs> into what they were doing than what the Shield did. But yeah, there's just people people want this reunion, but everyone's doing they're they're doing their own thing just you these guys can't truly grow into phenomenal uh singles competitors if you're just gonna keep throwing them back together they need their time apart yeah and it could take more than half a decade it could take a few more years and more individual title runs and we need to kind of forget about the shield because every time you see two of them together on the screen or in the same ring, you're going to be like, oh yeah, the shield, that was a thing. You got to forget about it in order for it to be significant again. So it takes time. It takes distance. It takes not fucking talking about it for us to care about it again. And I I won't care about it until that happens. Well, Bubs, there is so much, uh, so much good happening and, and so many great topics to uh, get into on the road to SummerSlam, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped about about SummerSlam. I love these big four pay-per-views. They're they're my favorite. Um, SummerSlam is probably my second favorite, uh, besides WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm pretty excited about getting get finally getting to SummerSlam. Yeah, or, I mean, a couple weeks ago, I still wasn't too excited, and there's some stuff on the card I'm not all about, but in general, this card is supposed to hold up to being the second best card of the year for WWE. It has the potential to. It could be a little bit trash in the middle, but I'm really excited now, and after Tuesday, hopefully we'll both be super excited on pins and needles, waiting for Sunday to come around. Yeah, and then we'll, after after Tuesday's over, we'll... You know, reconvene, think about things, and uh, come up with our predictions. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot to mull over uh, going into SummerSlam. Like you said, it's going to be four hours long. Yeah. So that's a lot of content to cover, and you know, we want to be there to cover it for all of you. And you know, I think you know, once we go, once we go off air, we should talk about you know this prediction show and you know what we maybe have a little wager on it okay a little bit of you know, that seems to be the fun thing that everyone likes to do i, th- I think we should you know okay maybe hop on that bandwagon add a little significance to it okay Could talk about yeah, that. it makes it makes it more exciting gets us a little more into it and a little more emotionally invested okay so yeah i mean we're gonna be we're gonna be available on twitter we'll be on facebook leading up to it and the night of so there'll be a lot of talk to a lot to talk about for each of these matches, some of which we don't care too much about, but regardless, we're going to have a play in all of them, so it'll be good to look forward to. Absolutely, and you know we're going to be live tweeting the show. We'll be answering all questions on Facebook, messages, you know, anything that you guys want to talk about. We will definitely be there to talk about live during SummerSlam. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, just search "collar and elbow." Uh, and the si- the and sign, not an X, uh, like losers would put. <laughs> I don't know what kind of idiot would say collar X elbow. Idiot. But uh, I'm sure they were a failure and were probably a jobber 
Probably a jobber. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at C, lowercase a, E, wrestling. Uh, took me a little bit to get out. I had to you have some letters in there. Okay. Yeah, I know. Letters can be hard. Mm-hmm. You know, re- reading is difficult uh-huh. at my age. Uh, so, yeah, on Twitter at CAE Wrestling. You can also find us on Instagram. Uh, I still have no idea how to work Instagram. Idiot. Thankfully, yeah, I am an idiot. Good thing I'm here. Uh, oh, yeah, thank God. If it wasn't for you, uh, we probably wouldn't be up on Facebook or Instagram. Right. So, thank you for that. So, find us but on yeah. there one way or another. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll have some good back and forth. Just find us one way or another. Yeah, we love love wrestling we love talking to wrestling we love talking to you about wrestling and you know when you do find us on facebook and if you're already following us on facebook great you know tell us what you're most excited about leading into SummerSlam. kind of what your predictions are what who do you think is going to come out on top in all the championship matches there's going to be a lot of titles on the line at SummerSlam. very excited about that uh but join in in the discussion on both facebook and twitter uh you can find us on you know, tell your friends to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. Uh, we love to talk. We love talking wrestling. Wrestling is, for all intents and purposes, you know, other than our families, wrestling is our life. We have such a strong passion for wrestling, and we just want to be able to to show our passion and share that love that we have for the sport with you guys this isn't you know we're not trying to be famous we're not trying to you know milk you know this podcasting or wrestling name for for money like you see a lot of people doing but we we do it because we love it so much and we just want to have a good time talking about wrestling and being with like-minded people that also love wrestling and that's you guys that are you guys that's y'all listening right now you wouldn't be listening if you were not a dedicated, diehard wrestling fan, and we love you for that, and we love that you've chosen to stick with us and be with us and continue with us on our long and arduous road to the top. We are Collar and Elbow Wrestling. Together, we can make wrestling great again, and as always, we do this for the love of wrestling. <laughs>